Hi, and welcome to this week's episode and call of Planet Positive. My name is Julian Guderla. I'm going to be your host today. And my co-host is Peter Crane, the founder of Planet Positive. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Julian. Um, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful day here in California. And uh, I came across something over the weekend that I felt was, was a sweet. So I just wanted to share it with you. It's a very short uh, pledge of allegiance to the earth. So I pledge allegiance to the earth and of our beloved solar system and to all of her creatures, for here they dwell, one planet united in harmony with universal love and compassion for all. So that's, uh, that's what I wanted to say to set the intention and uh, great to see my friend uh, Amy presenting today. Excited to hear um, the progress she made on Noble Prophet. So thank you for joining us, Amy. Beautiful, Peter. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, so a little bit more about Planet Positive before we get Amy um, to share. So for all of you who are new, Planet Positive is a global think tank, a venture capital advisory and accelerator serving to address humanity's most pressing needs and its symbiotic existing with nature. Uh, this week, we feature Amy Seidman. She's the founder and CEO of Noble Profit, building BFLO technology to track verify and manage proof of reputation for sustainability claims in business and investment. Uh, Amy is an early pioneer of interactive media. Amy's work um, has worked as part of her design studio creative entity, including projects from media um, giants like MGM, Warner Brothers, Fox, and Disney. She's also an internationally published photographer in publications such as Time, Newsweek, and Rolling Stone. And among many other things, Amy is also an ambassador for 1% for the planet. So with these words, uh, welcome, Amy. Great. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, what a wonderful, beautiful community to be giving thanks before this. I, I feel super blessed. Um, and I just want to say thank you also before I even get started to my team. I have a couple people here from my team. Um, who uh, Gary Fitz, who's the CTO, as well as Tony Winders, who's the chief marketing officer, who have um, just really contributed incredibly to the work that you're going to see. So I just want to acknowledge them before I get started um, and thank thank them, my dear my dear friends, for for being on this journey with me. Um, and I'm also really thankful for the the transition of power that we're seeing and the and the opportunity for us to realign. Uh, what we're experiencing um, now as our new normal, uh, our new reality. And hopefully we can pivot this into something that will be uh, pretty tremendous. Um, I'm going to share my whole screen because I want to be able to pivot back to a demo. Um, so uh, if anybody has issues with the way that I'm presenting, um, let me know and I'll just try to do a full screen. Um, so as as was mentioned, we have um, B-Flow, uh, which is an iteration of a long journey that we went on to build a marketplace as part of Noble Profit. Um, and as you know, my background has been in um, interactive media for quite some time. And before that, I was an environmental activist. And moving into interactive media um, in the, the 90s, I had an opportunity to uh, express my work in a lot of um, new ways. And since then, I've been uh, on what I would guess would you'd call the fringe or the cutting edge or whatever you want to say of technology, just seeming to, to be rolling with these, these new waves of, of opportunity to transform the way that we interact with each other. And when we started to look at the marketplace, uh, concept, the data was very complicated. And I also started to see this, um, this shift in the way that we're doing business. Um, and when we start to look at what BFlow wants to achieve, or what we want to achieve with BFlow, it's really to connect ecosystems. And I, I don't believe that the future is going to be about megalomania of my my big company and your big company. I think it's going to be our companies aligning and it's going to be our uh, networks um, aligning and sharing information. And with this in mind, we've, we've had a vision of creating what we're calling a mycelium of, 
um, the forest of business and investment. And if each one of these trees represent a very big cloud company or a major investment firm um, or, or a corporation and, and the denizens of the forest are all communicating together, you have a greater health of the forest when you can see uh, information being shared. Um, and those of you who aren't familiar with what mycelium is, I'm sure many people here are, it's, it's a network uh, system in the forest that's a fungus that uh, transfers information and it brings health to the forest because on one end of the forest, there may be a fire or an insect infestation. And then the trees on the other end of the forest, miles and miles away have a warning sign that they can push tannins out and they can share nutrients with one another. So it's a really amazing ecosystem that trees use to communicate with one another. And so we believe that bee flow can fit this, uh, this role um, or be a part of this role um, because I don't believe that solving climate change is going to be one company or another. It's gonna be a lot of companies and we all need to do it really quickly. Um, so with that, why do we need to do this and what's going on? We obviously are having a problem with pollution and we're having a problem with our water and with our air and with people and how we treat people in, in the world and how we, um, and how we interact with, with nature. And, um, and a lot of companies, you know, for quite some time have been differentiating themselves and about 25% of the companies in the world are really doing great and transformational work. And then a lot of other ones are just sort of doing a lot of talk. And when you start looking at the amount of money flowing, how do we differentiate that? So we need a transparency and accountability. Um, so when we're looking at what's going on and this is a very difficult problem to solve. Um, and we've been doing it for years uh, because it just, the more you start to unpack, I don't wanna call it an onion, it's more like a fractal. A fractal where as you start to get into it, there's more and more branches. Um, and part of that has to do with how is the data sourced? Um, it's extremely complicated. There's a tremendous amount of fragmentation um, with different uh, types of standards and ratings and eco-labels. Um, there's a lot of news scraped information and as we know, fake news. Um, and you have a ton of people doing content marketing. Um, so when you start to sift through what is publicly stated, oftentimes you're, uh, you know, you're getting a lawsuit, but that's old news, or you're getting, and, and very hard to protect your company when you've already had a big campaign open up against it. Um, and then you have uh, a lot of, you know, as I mentioned, content marketing, and there's inconsistency in this information. It's not like one thing fits the other. And there's a reason for that, because biodiversity is uh, diverse. We have water, which would be very different measurement systems than chemicals, than um, forestry, than agriculture, apparel, manufacturing. Everything has its um, special sauce in terms of the types of inputs that are around it. And it's incredibly expensive to deal with, uh, you know, unique things. That's what we've seen in terms of industrialization. Things get cheaper when you can do it in mass. So, so it's a very hard uh, problem to solve. And we have a lot of companies that are doing verticals, but we haven't seen a lot of people doing laterals. And when we have um, what is now, that number is an old number, but it's the number that we have uh, as a reference um, from UBS two years ago. They estimate that it's gonna be $40 trillion by now, possibly more um, and another 40 trillion in about five years of money moving from in wealth management from dirty investments into clean investments, into ESG friendly, environmental, social governance friendly investments, climate friendly investments. And the estimated GDP is 39 trillion per year. So it's a tremendous marketplace, a lot of money grabs going on, a lot of you know, fake uh, information being traveled, traveling around. So we started creating a, uh, a system and I'll, I'll show you a little bit of it later. Uh, around tracking and reporting sustainable development goals, which uh, I have a feeling everybody here knows, but they are a unique system that was adopted by the United Nations um, that is sort of setting the grounds for how we solve our great challenges. And they range from climate change to water to poverty and a lot of things that governments can be doing. 
Um, and they're very fuzzy measurements, but when you start to look at employee satisfaction, education, there's a lot of things that aren't as quantifiable as energy and electricity. Electricity is super easy, which is why we've solved it first, but it's not the big picture in terms of climate change. It's a very important picture to get off of fossil fuels, but when we start to look at the empowerment of small businesses and women in education, you start to see a much higher uh, achievement, you know, and you can look at that in the statistics and project drawdown. So we, we looked at the SDG as a, an anchor point because companies are aligning it across their ecosystem. So investment, business, governments, all are aligning their information to the sustainable development goals. So it's really an anchor point um, versus a granular metric. Um, and we're focusing on third-party verification because we feel like that is the real missing link. One is how do you keep track of things outside of your investment firm down through the different companies that you're investing in or the companies that you're using as vendors to the different projects down to the individuals and the unique footprint that's, uh, that you're having in the world. Um, and we are dabbling with a partner around AI intelligence. We have a very very uh, early, early uh, model proof of concept and digital identity systems, which are kind of the next revolution and evolution of identity. We are going to see a massive transformation in identity in the world uh, that puts information back in our hands. Um, and blockchain is a big part of that. And we see this as a way of helping manage reputation because you can do a lot of things privately, but you can also start to uh, start to track people's reputation um, and, and particularly with geographic locations. Um, and then we're looking at uh, blockchain for this unique digital fingerprint that can occur uh, at the point of, of change, at the state change. Um, and from that and all of this information, we can start to see reputation finance. And, and what that really is about is how can we start to embed uh, the sustainable development goals, really positive, uh, substantiated environmental social governance into the investments in the business that we're doing today. And how can we use this as a source of truth um, so that we can have a healthy forest um, by putting money into things that are going to be helping the planet thrive, helping individuals thrive. Um, and this is an example of our interface in case we don't have time to go into a little bit of a, um, a journey through the product, um, but we've started a, a, what we're calling um, MVP, a minimal viable product, and um, started to uh, flush out different use cases. So we have a lot of early use cases. I'll give some demonstrations um, in a moment. And uh, one of the things that we're doing with all this information is how can we create unique SDG fingerprints? How can we show transitions over time using data visualization to help us inform uh, more accurately the information that we're seeing? Um, so the SDG fingerprint is something that we're doing that's unique uh, as well as uh, having um, worked through quite a few of the use cases and our, our the groups that we're looking at um, being partners and users in the system, everybody is a partner in the system. Um, when we look at business, finance, institution, agencies, and governments, they we consider them our customers, um, but they're also contributing to the ecosystem. Uh, the data creators and the standards and the frameworks, we are not creating standards. We are not creating the new measurement systems. A lot of that work has been done 15, 20 years. Uh, people, brilliant people have been coming together and it would be a mistake for us to think that we're going to, uh, to do something around that. What we're doing is creating a container for that. Um, and in that container, we have what we're calling verifiers. And those verifiers are governed by stewards. The stewards might be an organization. Um, in one case, we're, we're, uh, we have a relationship with a group called Responsible Sourcing Network and they're creating what's called the YES standard, which is yarn ethically and sustainably sourced. Um, and they have a whole work that they've been doing for uh, half a dozen years to a dozen years that um, is really pivotal and they're working with governments, they're working with other groups and they are the impartial 
uh, group that is going to put in their verifiers. We are not, we are going to create a container for them and we're in a process of doing that. And then looking at how can NGOs, academics, experts, certifiers, and so on, as well as machines to expedite the flow of this information uh, more swiftly, because once we start digitizing more and more of this information that isn't digitized, you can start to automate these processes, where, which is where you start to see the costs exponentially lower. Um, and when we start to look at what we call our stack, um, I won't get too deep in because I know this is not a technical crowd, but we're envisioning uh, in the layer, like if you were to look at this as like, um, you know, a sandwich of technology, um, the BFLOW Commons is that mycelium layer. So when entities uh, publicly opt in their information, it's available in this commons. Um, and the identity is held uh, for reputation around the different users, particularly verifiers in the network and, um, and what the verifiers are, are looking at in terms of the different actors in the system. And from that, we have signals, the negative signals we're calling free flow because we want that to be available and free. So we have a nonprofit for that project um, already aligned. Uh, so that we can provide, collect, you know, donations around that um, philanthropy money to enable nonprofits, people who make a dollar a day, and those who might not fit into the system from a financial standpoint, but that are incredibly important to the system. And on the left, we can take the signal and we can take the way that we use our system to start to develop reputation finance. Um, and look at how can we be interoperable? How can we be that glue? in between. Um, and the, the types of, I'll get into a little bit of the use cases that we've been modeling um, from carbon, apparel, CSR, team building, corporate sustainable um, resourcing, uh, and the safeguard system that I just mentioned, as well as how does it relate to finance, risk management, and the different certifiers. So we tested with carbon offsets, and we're working with another group in London who uh, were developing a system to enable the measurements and the verification to feed into actually creating digital carb carbon credits for our clients. Um, that is something that's in process. Uh, we did a whole bunch of work on COVID. Uh, as we came out of the World Environmental Forum, um, getting ready to you know, hit the ground running, uh, COVID hit. And so we said, well, why don't we use our our resources to be more relevant at this time. And so we started tracking uh, and reporting around the flow of COVID-19 relief, not necessarily the you know, contact tracing, which we could have run after, but there's a lot of people doing that, but really where's the money going? Who was being taken care of? Um, another example is um, a group called Bay Area Green Tours, uh, which are, are very embedded in food. Uh, and they were working with a group called Food Shift, which um, is actually around um, food that isn't necessarily sold in the stores, uh, that is considered food waste, uh, and groups that are actually using it to create food and their client LinkedIn that used it for team building. And then they also source their food uh, from different vendors in the local regions and then provide incredibly healthy food for their employees. And those are the kinds of things that are not easily quantifiable, but when you start to look at, you know, an environmental social governance, how you care for your employees, how you relate to your community are all very high on the list. Um, and then one of our uh, kind of star examples is um, indigenous clothing is like the amazing group. Anybody who uh, wants to buy fair trade organic clothing made by artisans, look no further. This is an amazing company and their clothing is just beautiful. And I feel great when I wear it because I know that uh, the people are really happy who are working on it and their, their lives are being expanded. And so we went and evaluated their um, whole way of doing business. We mapped their SDGs and then we started to look at some future products that were um, developing some technology tools that would help um, activate uh, groups of, of artisans or, or organic farmers and kind of help uh, from a collection standpoint um, move through a system more quickly. And, and then we started working through the summer um, we had uh, been given a fellowship, two fellowships with Gitcoin um, one was the Colonel Fellowship and the other is Apollo. And we started to flush out um, the apparel use case. So how can we take this, what, what I've been describing is kind of a base layer 
uh, of our, AP, uh, our uh, protocol, um, but how can we use that in an API to actually implement in business? And so apparel is one area that we've been, as, as I mentioned, focusing on. Um, and so we started looking with our, um, the, our partner organization on how can we look at uh, creating this verification system. So we started building this verifier uh, application and then um, a heat map for cotton verification around Xinjiang and the cotton issues that are coming out of um, Xinjiang, China with, um, uh, I, I guess, slave labor. I, I don't know, forced labor, I think is the, is the word that we wanna use, but there's over a million Muslim people being held in concentration camps that are uh, a part of creating 80% of all of the cotton coming out of China. So there's an incredible amount of pressure on brands to stop sourcing from China, but how do you figure it out? So we've been crunching that problem um, and started to create the next level of, of B-Flow um, around buyers and sellers and verifiers and offering grievance systems, which is where the free flow piece comes in. And that same system, we started to really look at how can we engage circular? Um, for those who may be familiar, um, or may not be familiar, circular is how do you take a project uh, or product from um, from you know birth to grave? How do you how do you ensure that it never goes into a um, into a landfill? How can you think about the creation of a product so that it is reused and that every part of it that goes into the creation is sourced sustainably? Um, and so we, we have a couple of use cases that we're looking around apparel as well as plastics. And we see that we can use this towards uh, many other kinds of um, circular processes. Uh, and then the other piece has to do with using the same system for financial. How can wealth management firms use this to start to vet the companies that they're investing in and a due diligence screen? Um, prior to developing B-Flow, we spent quite a lot of time on uh, flushing out due diligence systems um, because we, we thought that we were gonna build uh, a solution for that. Um, and then we kind of decided on, on B-Flow, but then we realized everything kind of brings you back to the place that you were before. We're starting to come back to the due diligence systems, to the marketplace. So all of the work that we did over the years is sort of coming full circle. And the idea is that um, you would have a company come in and onboard them, have all of their materials be going through B-Flow so that you have that fingerprint, um, which gives you the attestation and the digital audit trail that you might need. And then when you take out of the 100, your 10 companies that you're gonna invest in, you can then roll it all up and give that report to your investor and then ask those companies to report back over time. How did you use our use of proceeds? Did you hire more women? Did you put that money into climate? Um, and then be able to really look at the SDGs that they're hitting um, and over time be creating that awesome map. Um, and from that, we can start to create these uh, reputation uh, credits. And in this case, I'm just showing the idea of the carbon credit that is given to this farmer who does not have slave labor, who has organic uh, in, his, uh, in his supply chain, um, and that they then get rewarded for their good work. Uh, and can uh, move forward with not hiring their children in the, in the fields and sending them to school uh, and getting electricity and, and things like that. So we see all of this being um, a real advantage to companies to look at their strategy across many different kinds of silos. Um, big corporations are very siloed. And so while you have supply chain and people answering supply chain, this verification piece, the vendor piece, the risk management around that, and the impact across many different kinds of aspects of your company, I believe can be really uh, given a great advantage with eFlow. Um, and then to help propel this, Noble Profit um, started as a marketing, uh, not as a marketing firm, but uh, at doing a media uh, series. And so this is what has informed the work that we've been doing, uh, 220 interviews. Um, we've broken out some into uh, short segments and we will help uh, use this to inform on case studies that exist in the world. And we have incredible, uh, early group of um, cohorts, uh, the Climate Chain Coalition, 
uh, is one. And this weekend, I guess I'm doing um, a very quick opening at uh, Yale Open Labs. I'll be a part of their, their sprint. Uh, and then we're gonna participate with them um, and other, other groups that I've mentioned. Um, and then the marketplace is enormous. Uh, we talked about the ESG and impact investing and the global GDP, but when you start to really crunch down into the small buckets, <laughs> they're not so small, um, enterprise applications, uh, when you look at environmental health and safety, those are all very big investments that um, are growing tremendously in the cloud uh, software uh, industry as well as AI. Our team is uh, wonderful. I'm incredibly blessed to have such terrific people. We have Gary Fitz on the call, um, whose background comes from working on one of the very first uh, payment processing um, micropayment uh, systems. He also created, uh, as part of a team, what became Apple Share uh, and was known as Tops and was sold to Sun Microsystems. Um, Bridget Luther is our, who we're calling our chief circular officer. She helped found the Cradle to Cradle Institute in um, the United States, their products innovation group, um, and worked for the Trust for Public Lands, as well as Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, with the California Department of Conservation, Tony Winders, one of the first, uh, had the first internet advertising agency, comes from a background at Value Click Media, which is, you know, the you don't really hear about that company, but it's one of the top three internet advertising agencies. And he has his own agency that we can draw from uh, incredible, robust talent. Um, Kapreet Singh, Liz Dubelman, they're all amazing people. Uh, Gil Friend is one of the top sustainability advisors. Um, Scott Leonard, uh, incredibly loved and well-known. And, and we can go on and on about the amazing people that we have in our company. But <clears throat> the bottom line is that we're technologists, creative business leaders, um, and experts coming together to really look and try to use our skills to uh, solve these problems. So thank you for having me. Um, and I guess we could do questions uh, and I can show a little bit more about what we're doing. So. Um, Amazing. Thank you, Amy, so much for this presentation. Yay. And, in depth and well put together. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if I should be showing, but, but we could go into a question and answer. And then if anybody's interested, we can kind of show what we have. Um, so. Absolutely. Open. Let's, let's stop the screen share for now, just so we yeah. can see everyone again. Perfect. Um, and yeah, there's a few first questions that people have sent to me in the chat. Um, maybe I'll start. Peter, you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, just um, really quickly, um, uh, two quick questions. You know, Juan, thank you, thank you for presenting. You're a very eloquent speaker, and um, uh, you did a great job conveying a lot of information in a short period of time. You have a lot, a lot of um, different aspects to your company. Um, and speaking of which, I was wondering if, if what would be the core of your business model? What what are you planning to execute on first? What does that look like? And um, yeah, that'd be great to hear. Um, you know, if what, how would you? How would you what, how would you describe the focus of your business in terms of what you're first going to execute on at this point when you launch? Okay, well, I guess we're launching. I, I don't know if we have a particular date of launch other than um, we formed what are called uh, labs. So we have the BFlow Lab, and we're inviting major brands um, and groups of potentially, I guess, wealth managers to. Uh, iterate with us and be the early adopters of what we're doing. Um, one of the, the cohorts is around um, apparel and uh, removing, you know, eliminating slave labor or kind of deterring uh, brands from buying cotton from Uyghurs. So, so that is an effort that's going out right now um, around the apparel industry. And so imagine multiple apparel brands coming together and uh, collaborating around this heat map. Uh, so we can learn how is our technology working? What are the things that we can do better? Um, where can we automate? What are the systems that we're using? Uh, the second uh, piece that we see is around wealth management. Um, so we're inviting uh, a number of groups to come together where um, we can also test that. And um, next year we're toying, um, I see Lucin is on the line. Uh, and we've been talking about the uh, up game and how we can use uh, United Planet Games as a vehicle 
to gamify sustainability with BFLOW being the mapping uh, piece. And we think that'll be a really fun thing to do. And so we're, we're kind of flushing out and looking at that next year. Great, thank you. And, and are you presently uh, fundraising? We are, we've been um, quietly building uh, and uh, decided not to do a big ICO because just all the alignment of the kinds of investors. And so that the investors that we're seeking within our company, we wanna have strategically aligned. Um, so, so we are inviting investors to be a part of around, but everything we have built has been uh, done with uh, internal funding and, um, and really incredible energy by the teams of everybody being involved. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if anyone here on the call wants to learn more about uh, fundraising, you all know how to reach me and, and I can put you in touch with Amy. But uh, yeah, thank you. That answers my question. Thank you, Amy. Awesome. Thank you, Peter, as well. Um, if, you, if you have more questions, feel free to either raise your hands or put them in the chat. There's a question from Alex Zorkin that I'm going to share, Amy. Um, seems to be more of a technical question at first. And it's, is there a clearing house between value chains? Well, I would not say so because I think there is so much diversity in how the companies are working. Um, and maybe I have to understand what that question means. Can you define what a clearinghouse is? Or is, yeah. is Alex able to? I, I'm here, can you hear me? Yeah, ooh, I love your background by the way, <laughs> really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, interested in uh, sort of how you would handle arbitrage concerns between uh, different sort of information networks. So mm -hmm. um, is that is that a, a concern you guys have, like someone trying to make a profit quickly um, between different networks? Well, I think that sounds like a blockchain trading question. Um, and so I'm not sure that that uh, may apply to what we're doing okay. <clears throat> because um, at this time, we don't have a token out on the marketplace. That's something like our, our plan, we do have that within our system, but it's, it's really about um, having our, our project used, uh, having people use it uh, before we were to go and throw things out into the marketplace. Um, but in terms of how do we start to vet that, the, um, the, steward the stewards have pretty much, the, um, we're intending to put the governance into their hands. And this is a big part of the blockchain piece. Um, and so as we start to see uh, potentially fake um, information coming in, and, and maybe this is an opportunity for Gary Fitz, my CTO, because uh, he loves to talk about this project. Um, if he's still on here, I don't know if he is. Yes, yes I am still here. Yay, um, Gary, why don't you answer this one? <laughs> so um, everybody meet Gary. Hello, he, he just everybody. loves this topic, and we've talked about uh, POS attacks and things like that. Well, okay. yes, but um, this is, uh, if I'm not sure I understand your question, Alex, but this isn't a trading network, at least not yet. This is an information, strictly an information network. We're building a, what we like to call a data commons for, for documenting sustainability claims and this that might lend itself to uh, value chain tracing but that's not our our goal right now yeah okay yeah i think i understand now it's more yeah. about um yeah an information exchange much more relationship based not so much yeah. like in a, a trading house yeah. right yes so yeah the climate credits are issued, you know, say someone has climate credits uh, that are created, there is a process by which, um, you know, a verifier is looking at their information and then you have, uh, you know, I guess the equivalent to an NFT or something with a unique uh, signature that would not be able to be um, kind of faked. Uh, and, and so I, I'm not sure arbitrage actually works in that situation because you have it's like an object um, that has a particular value and the value is gonna be set by the marketplace um, and the marketplace is gonna be what people are paying for carbon credits. Um, and then in terms of the information, uh, yes, we, we see that feeding into markets at some point. You know, We see being having that information scraped. 
by Morningstar Data and Thomson Reuters and those kinds of companies that are creating metrics around, uh, and this is our goal, that people will use it enough and that there'll be more attestation and value for companies like that to be able to give uh, information. Um, and so when we start to look at it, no, we're not creating necessarily uh, a trading platform for the information, but there is an opportunity to acquire that information and then a portion of that uh, acquisition would go back to the data creators. Uh, if they've opted in their information to be sold. Um, in some cases, it'll be part of the commons and then they'll just be using eFlow. Um, but in terms of reputation credits and reputation finance, that's like another layer that this technology feeds into. Gotcha. Um, so. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for getting a bit technical and awesome, Gary, thank you for that answer as well. Um, Alan, yeah, go ahead, what's, what's your question? Hi, Amy, thanks for the uh, inspiring presentation. Um, super interested in, um, in all of it, uh, especially around carbon credits, because it's such a, such a challenge. The, the, the verification standards right now are, um, are really not, uh, not up, to, uh, you know, up to scientific standards. Um, and um, just curious to see um, how scalable your solution is and how your uh, incentivizing people reviewing these projects, rating these projects, um, and um, whether it will be possible to to essentially build, um, let's say, indices of high quality carbon projects. Um, uh, kind of looking at uh, you know where uh, the climate impact is and taking into account the super important um, social and biodiversity aspects as well. Mm. Wow. Okay. So let me see if I can unpack. That was a lot of information. So I might go from the back forward. Um, <clears throat> so in creating uh, these indices, obviously you're going to have as much information as is being inputted into the system. And our hope is that we're going to have a, a lot of quality information um, and that uh, we see wealth management driving a lot of that uh, from the demands. And as we start to collect information, what we're looking at right now is kind of like a world in the dark, private investment within the space. It's incredibly expensive to do due diligence and it's incredibly expensive to get reporting back. So we're hoping to lower that cost and through that to have more information coming um, and therefore to be able to see through uh, the different lenses of, of those verifiers who has the signal um, so if the verifiers are the NGOs, the scientists, uh, and those organizations that are kind of setting the bar and being the watchdogs, they're going to like different companies more than others. Um, and, and there's going to be different opinions. So part of it is going to be, in some cases, you might have a real radical uh, group that will be very, very strict. Uh, and then you might have one that, you know, kind of sees that, uh, that arc. So we're relying on, on them for... Um, for that social credit versus us creating that social credit. It's, it's based on the reputation of your peers. Um, and through that due diligence process, uh, we expect to see more information coming as well as you know, the reporting back of information. <clears throat> In terms of incentivizing that um, people who are doing, you know, let's say citizens are coming in, they would be opted in by stewards. So let's say you have the NRDC or Sierra Club, they have a ton of volunteers and you might align with a particular group um, that is, you know, the group that you might come in through or you might choose and they would be the steward. Um, and then that social interaction would happen from a citizen standpoint and those citizens would be able to earn B-flow in the system. Um, verifiers themselves, there's a payment that would come in addition to B-flow. Um, and we do not see replacing uh, today the gold standards of the world and some of the other uh, entities, because even though the verification standards aren't perfect, there's a huge amount of thought process that is going through. But we're also members of a DAO, a climate DAO, that is looking to uh, really create more attestation around it. Um, so we're looking at meteorolo meteorological data how can we look at IoT to play a role in you know, that attestation? So some of it is mining information in that traditional way where you have a computer crunching IoT information that is creating that verification. 
Um, and, and so the incentivization comes from the client and the customer who's having that climate credit created. They have to pay a fee under all circumstances. And, uh, and that information is uh, first in order to sell that on the marketplace. We have a duality that exists in that climate credit for it to be recognized in the marketplace has to be um, approved by one of these governing standards that is recognized in the field. Then you have what are called voluntary carbon credits and uh, renewable energy credits. And those have other means that can be used. So if it's renewable energy credit, you're talking about an attestation that comes from an IoT device. If you're looking at a voluntary carbon credit, that's more of a community type of attestation. Um, and, I, and I believe that we're seeing a lot more adoption of voluntary carbon credits. Um, and in that case, when we start to look at the veracity of the claim and the, and the quality of, uh, you know, of that verification, that is, you know, we're going to probably see some garbage. And, and in that, we're going to see people saying, hey, this is garbage. Um, so you're going to have layers of, of that attestation occur. Um, and we can also look at the source. Like if, let's say, you know, ABC company is saying we're doing this carbon credit, and then they're also the ones who are gaming their, you know, attestations, we'll start to be able to see that triangulation of information a little bit better. And then, you know, hey, ABC, you got a bad credit here for faking your attestation. Um, and some of this stuff is just going to evolve over time. Um, you know, we can't predict everything. We've, God knows, Gary and I have spent, you know, endless hours talking about, well, if this happens, then this. Uh, years of, of that kind of information. But did I cover everything you wanted to know uh, in terms of? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a pretty, pretty in-depth, um, you know, um, uh, question if we, if we, if we, if we go um, into, uh, yeah, into what it's going to take to, to create a credible carbon market uh, place. But I, I really like the approach that you're taking. It's quite, it's quite innovative, um, and um, I'm 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 really interested to learn more, um, especially because uh, the uh, voluntary carbon market is uh, the only um, right now is the only way that uh, we can actually scale the markets uh, in order to kind of uh, get back to a safe uh, 1.5 Celsius target, um, because the regulatory markets are too expensive and, and slow. So I think that's uh, that's probably going to be a lot of the uh, opportunity in, in in what you're doing is, is actually helping building uh, helping to build a, a credible marketplace there yeah. so yeah thanks for your work and looking forward to finding out more Yay. yeah one of the groups that we're working with um actually has got a really interesting technology around meteorological data uh so you know it's how can we triangulate information i think you know as much as we can put into the world of machines that can be, you know, have very speedy attestations like satellites and um, and other kind of information. I think will get us there sooner if it deals with trees. But um, you know, there's certain things that you're going to rely on some of the brick and mortar. And and our our goal is is you know if we try to create something that nobody's using, we're never going to have that migration. So we're looking at how can we meet business where business is. How can we create tools that hook into where business is today and then move them into these, these places? And we're seeing you know, farming uh, practices and, and there's a number of really robust uh, blockchains that are, are, are actually crunching some of that. And so we see aligning with them as well. We're not gonna be the only people in the world. And that's the whole point about networks aligning with networks, so. Awesome. That comes back to the mycelial, <laughs> the mycelial picture, networks aligning yes. with networks. There's yes. a, two more questions that were sent to me, and I'm going to pass it to Joanne first. Joe, do you want to unmute yourself? Hi, Amy. Really lovely to meet you. Hi. Presentation. Pleasure. Um, firstly, are you dealing with private companies or public companies as well, or both? And which territories? Is it just US or is it global? Oh, uh, definitely global. And um, you know, definitely public and private, whoever wants to work with us, we're open. Um, sorry, I'm plugging in my computer, I ran out of charge. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we're not being discretionary. We see public companies really needing this. Um, 
but you know, there's a there's a stampede going on from pr private to public to create these these pieces of of information that they can reflect back. Um, there's a demand for the data. We were told we're in the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of networks I'd love to help um, hook you into. I'm one of the. Partners. I love it. Positive. So. Um, there's a group working with the UN already, and they've been working on um, doing the footprinting for a number of publicly listed companies. And the guy who's got the AI technology around that, that would just wonderfully fit in with what you're doing. I would love it. And yeah. You're in California, I'm assuming. Are you in San mm -hmm. Francisco? Do you know Susan, Susan Burns from the Carbon Footprint Network? I have heard of her and I think I've met her, but uh, I would love, yeah, I'd love to meet them. You could align with them. And with the fashion industry, um, I've been working uh, for a long time with a number of the more, the, the more highly attuned people in the fashion industry, like the Caring Group. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. with them. They've got a very, very good um, progress with what they're doing sustainably. I think they would share their data with you because they've got nothing to hide. Mm. And, okay. um, we can set up networks and, and basically anybody who opts in their information, if it's public information, obviously there, it's a gift to the world and we want that public information. But the idea is that, um, and this is something that we're building right now, is if you have opted in your data to be included in some of the, the visuals, but it's you want to enable people to license it, that's where you know they own the data and we'll take a, a fee you know, for the network uh, processing of it. And then the other thing is that people are acting as verifiers. Um, when it comes to the human slavery and the supply chain, can some of those verifiers be people actually working in the supply chain lower, like in the agrarian level, growing the cotton? Can you do reporting from them? I would say so. We have the grievance mechanism that we're developing um, with the intention of enabling anyone uh, to be able, and we're seeing, you know, the workers would be the people. Uh, it, it's kind of, um, an interesting space because we've told that it's very migratory and people who are in you know forced labor situations might not have access to phones uh so to count on people within those spaces to be giving that uh you know those reports or those grievances is small because they're being watched um but yeah and 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 that's a tricky thing because then how do you make sure that the neighbor's not you know trying to push somebody else down a hole uh, who might be valid. So There's a group in um, Geneva called Slave Free Trade, and you might mm -hmm. want to, I'm happy to connect you with them as well. Yeah, I, I probably, I haven't been keeping notes on all of this, so uh, I would, <laughs> I, I should be. Um, we can connect after, it's okay. Yes, I would love that. And we can make sure you get the recording as well, yeah. Amy. Thank you. Uh, there is another question, Akasha, you wanted to know more about the economic model and the business model. Is that still relevant or you want to unmute yourself and share share a bit? Sure. And just me, just to elaborate a little bit more. And by the way, great presentation, a lot of Thank complex um, topics that you covered. Um, and these could be some very naive questions as I'm just learning myself uh, about a lot of these fields. <clears throat> so one is just a, like a, a basic question, what's the revenue model for B-Flow? The second, I think, importantly, is any ecosystem-based solutions, you know, there's a lot of dependency on the different stakeholder groups that are involved. Especially, you know, it gets, you know, magnified if you're building an ecosystem of an ecosystem. So what do you see as the biggest risk that B-Flow would be, you know, will, will be focused on in terms of managing or hedging over the, at least in what is current focuses or near-term focuses? Okay, those are very, very different questions. Um, in terms of the risk, uh, well, we've really thought about the fact that, let's say this project on Xinjiang, China, I don't think China is gonna be so happy about it because it's about pushing economics away. So uh, we think one of the biggest risks has to do with hacking um, from entities that are not so happy about what we're doing or, um, let's say we've, we've thought a lot about, um, you know, the Koch brothers or the Koch brother who has left um, financing uh, many, many, many entities to come in and create a discrediting of what we're doing. Um, and so those are, those are things that we see as, as potentially bad. 
Um, and certainly I don't think we're gonna get the attention of anyone until we're actually making a difference and have a lot of momentum. Cause I just, I just don't see, unless we are causing some kind of a ripple to their financial happiness or their agenda, um, I don't see us uh, creating um, anything worth you know, their time. And hopefully uh, my, my hope and what has been propelling me throughout all of this is the concept of noble profit that it doesn't have to do with your party um, and that everybody can prosper and that we can find ways, it's not an us or a them, that it, it can be an all of us uh, that can you know, just be reorienting our practices. Um, but you know, there's always nefarious actors in the mix who, who might disagree. Um, and then in terms of our, our business model, we haven't been advertising it. This is being um, broadcast uh, and filmed. Uh, so I would be a little less inclined to talk about that publicly, um, except to say that we have our lab that we're inviting um, companies into, and then there's a, a SaaS model um, around that. And I can, I'm happy to answer questions directly if that's okay. Thank you. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for this super in-depth and very eloquent presentation. This was this was quite something to you know dive into that rabbit hole with you and understand more what you're doing. I think we ran a bit out of time in order to see more of where the platform is at right now. Um, are there any last questions, or Peter, would you want to um, address any last points that you wanted to share? I I don't have anything. Does anyone else have any last uh, quick question? Um, thank you so much, Amy. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been really wonderful. And thank you for, for the opportunity to share what we're doing. Awesome. And, and Sunita, and Amy, it. I just want to say that was really great. It was a great Yay! presentation. <laughs> yeah, and I have a company to talk to you about in the circular space. I met Scott Leonard through them, but I'll, I'll ping you separately. They do, the circular they systems were already no, working. No, no, that's Scott. That's Scott Leonard. Okay. No, no, no okay. It's, a, it's a different yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, okay. thanks. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for attending, Anita. Super sure. great. Wouldn't miss it. Lots of overlay in our human mycelium here. Um, yes. Very grateful for your presentation, Amy. Thank you so much for your time, for the effort. And um, yeah, may we all continue this, this work to create a positive planet together. Wonderful. Thank you all. Thank you to everybody as part of Planet Positive. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Julia. Appreciate it very much. Awesome. Okay. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Here we are. This is your host, Julian. Thanks for listening. I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, relationships, and business, and the way you show up as your best self for the world. Did you know that we just launched a participatory Patreon asking you for your contributions of content and gifting a monthly subscription to our shared mission? The Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, video interviews and community is growing and together we can make it count and carry big ripples. So go and check out the Patreon. It's linked out in the show notes of every episode. The Patreon for Green Planet, Blue Planet and the community we're building together. Thanks for choosing to support with your time, money, or content. And that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, review the show, share it with a friend, spread the love, and have yourself a stellar day. All the best. Mm -hmm.